Welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Joining us now, President and CEO of Columbia Grain International, Jeff Van Pevenage. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. I hope you're doing well. I am, Jesse. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Well, uh, a lot for us to discuss, whether we're talking wheat or we're talking pulse crops, we're talking demand, a, a lot of uh, issues I want to talk with you about here today. I, I think just for starters, Jeff, you, you know, these markets have been really volatile as of late. Ever since uh, Russia came and backed out of the Ukraine grain deal, it feels like these markets have, have been volatile once again, especially on the wheat side. You think about wheat as a global traded commodity, obviously. It, it's just made for a, a pretty volatile situation, hasn't it, Jeff? Yes. If you look at the past year, year and a half, and it's, this isn't the first time that Russia has uh, threatened or pulled out of the the grain deal that is allowing grain to move uh, through the Black Sea channels. But every time they, they kind of make a comment about it, it seems like an up 40 day. And two days later, it's a down 40 day um, as people kind of discern what is actually happening. So it creates a ton of volatility in the market. That tends to affect basis as well, because the U.S. Uh, wheat is really kind of flat priced around the world and has to stay competitive. So that creates problems on the basis side of things too, but it, it's really about the volatility. And, you know, hopefully farmers are paying attention to that so they can catch those little runs up at least to try to do, you know, hedge to arrive contracts on futures fixes or something to that degree to try to help, you know, grab a little better price here and there. I don't expect the volatility mm -hmm. to stop either, so. Well, and to your point as well, you know, affecting basis levels and more, it's not only something that I think affects farmers, it's it affects end users as well with all the volatility and the wild swings. It's it's tough to keep up with, isn't it, Jeff? It, it really is. And, and even just kind of on our own local front, when you look at U.S. grain, you know, you've got crop problems that happen throughout the Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas area. That means, you know, there's going to be different flows of grain within the United States as flour mills try to cover their needs. And then maybe they're used to getting you know, Kansas hard wheat, but the uh, proteins and test weights aren't what they want. So they've got to supplement with a little bit of northern tier, particularly California mills. So you've got a lot of different things happening uh, just within the United States that creates basis changes all over the place. So as a trader, you've really got to watch it. You know, you've also got a lot of volatility going on in the freight market right now, as most of most uh, grain now is moving via either destination efficiency trains known as DEETs within the United States to flour mills or your shuttle systems. And we've seen that market uh, vacillate 10 to 15 cents a bushel uh, in in the trading of the open market freight for that in mm -hmm. time when we really wouldn't expect it because the export market right now is really dead in the northern tier of the United States. There's actually eight terminals out here between Seattle and Portland for exporting. Four of those terminals are shut down, have been shut down for the past several months because we just don't have that big a flow of grain moving out of the United States PNW at this point in time. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I wanted to go next. I mean, demand has just been ugly there's no really there's no other way to put it it feels like here jeff it's been an issue throughout this marketing year and this last marketing year and i, I mean you know you just mentioned ports uh closed down facilities closed down there in the pnw i mean 
what's it going to take to improve our demand? What do you think? Is it China stepping back in? Is it a black swan event? Uh, I mean, what's your thoughts surrounding this whole demand picture, Jeff? Well, China has stepped in. They're buying South American. And yeah. you've got huge soybean corn crops coming out of Brazil. You know, if, if they have continued good weather, which we've got a, a change in the weather with into the El Nino pattern, we'll see what that does for South America. But they continue to grow larger and larger crops in South America. And those markets are flowing in, filling up the Chinese demand. And that's kept the Chinese kind of at bay from the U.S. U.S. prices have been high versus uh, versus South America. So it's been a really slow year, kind of as a, for instance, we would typically have uh, our October program probably 75% filled by May for soybean exports. We're not filled yet today for October soybean exports. We still have a ways to go. We still have a terminal that's closed and we're not planning on opening it in October. So we have a lot of capacity out here that we normally would have, have operating in October that's going to be slow to go this year because the exports just aren't there. That's a great perspective and something to really keep in mind is just uh, we got to watch this demand picture and see if it will pick up here. Uh, Jeff, you know, another thing too thinking about is production overall. What's that going to look like here in the U.S.? Maybe some early thoughts on on spring wheat harvest, P&W into the northern plains. What are you seeing and hearing from producers, Jeff? You know, and we've got a bigger crop coming in Montana. It suffered two years of drought in Montana. Expect to see another 20 to 25 million bushels of production within Montana. Looks to me the early results have been good protein, good test weight, so good quality coming in there. Um, North Dakota, you would expect lower, lower production, primarily due to lower acreage there, late seeded as well. The U.S. spring wheat crop should be lower overall. That's okay. The demand picture is also lower mm-hmm. overall, particularly off the West Coast. We've actually been losing a fair amount of export business to Canada. And that's kind of based upon the, the capacity that's been built for export in Canada. They've uh, added tremendous capacity up there. Everybody is being really, really competitive to sell grain as well. The railroads tend to have better rates into the, PN, in, into the Vancouver markets versus the uh, railroads into the PNW market. So they're far more competitive and they're picking up business in the Philippines or picking up business in Vietnam, picking up business into Japan, even uh, taking away some of the U.S. wheat sales that have happened over the years. Well, Jeff, great thoughts as always. Anything final you want to share with us? Anything exciting going on at Columbia Grain you want to mention? Uh, any final thoughts for us here today? Uh, I think the most exciting thing that we're, we've been working on is the uh, we started a new business called Enrich Foods, and that's where we're moving our products towards the CPG world. We bought a company called Great River Organics and Milling down in Wisconsin, and we're increasing the amount of small pack business that we do as well as specialty milling. And in September and October, we'll be launching a whole new line of products that will be out there for pulse ingredients, um, organic flour ingredients and that and you'll see us uh, in the in the grocery store you'll see us on amazon you'll see us on e-commerce and we're really looking forward to the new supply chains that that brings for our customers that are growing these types of products
Well, with that, Jeff Van Pevenage with Columbia Grain International. Thanks for joining us here on American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.